You're listening to Prosper the Connection. I'm Benjamin Ha. The intent of this podcast is to help us connect with each other after having been through a year without any significant face-to-face interaction. Each episode, we're going to sit down with a member of our cohort and dive into how they've been spending their summer, what they love to do in their free time, and anything else you might find interesting. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in today. Ben and I are excited to present to you Anton Fedoseev. With Anton, we get to speak about his travel adventures this summer. We talk about soccer for you soccer fans, focusing mostly on the Euro Cup from this year. Anton says that it was the best ever in the history of soccer. And lastly, we talk about what it's like to be a parent in the HMBA program, how Anton balances it, and I will say that he is doing a terrific job, uh, as his son is probably the next Tony Stark, engineer, math whiz. It'll be fun to watch him grow up. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us, Anton. Thanks for having me, Ben and Tony. So Anton, I follow you on Instagram and you've been posting some very beautiful pictures uh, this summer with you and your family. Do you have a favorite place you've been to this summer? Well, actually, uh, I used the chance to travel to quite a few places. So the choice is wide. But I would say surprisingly between Hawaii and some other places where I travel to, uh, I will not pick Hawaii. So probably my favorite place uh, this summer was uh, St. Helens. I climbed um, Mount St. Helens uh, in, in June, and it actually, it was a way to celebrate uh, the end of the first year. Wow, very impressive. I certainly wouldn't be climbing a mountain to celebrate the end of the first year. For Mount St. Helens, do you have to get a pass for the day? Because I've heard sometimes they limit the number of people who can climb the mountain that day. Yeah, during the summer, they limit, uh, they ha- you have to buy a pass or you have to go as a part of the group. So uh, that was my choice because uh, I've been supporting uh, Monson Health Institute for several years already. And it's also my way to support, to just like book a, a group tour. Uh, so it, it, it pays for some educational programs that they do as well. Oh, okay. That's interesting. How was it? Was it challenging? Uh, no, it was uh, not as challenging as uh, Mount Adams uh, that I did before. It's much higher, uh, but it's really fun to do it as a part of the uh, group. And you don't know most of the people in the group. Um, and probably the biggest surprise was that, uh, and it's very inspirational to me personally, one of the ladies who climbed with us, she was uh, like 70, maybe ish, wow. even like with something. And she had uh, some pretty amazing stories because she served in military. And in general, like we had um, probably like 12 hours to talk about all different things that uh, she experienced in life. So pretty amazing story. If it took 12 hours, I'm guessing 12 hours round trip. Yeah, round trip, and uh, it was kind of uh, slow going. If I went by myself, I don't know, maybe I, I would do it in seven, eight hours, not 12, certainly. But it's it's not about the achievement. It's about the process. <laughs> yeah. How early in the day did you start? The meeting time was uh, 6 a.m., and we finished that around 6 p.m. Sounds like a pretty good day. Yeah. That sounds interesting. That's something, I feel like it's on my list of things to do in Washington, but uh, I've just never thought about how to actually go about doing it. 
<laughs> highly recommend it. it um, maybe uh, next year I will ce celebrate by climbing uh, Mount Rainier, but uh, it's going to be much more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard Rainier is very challenging. I've heard that. I think there's a, a recommended fitness level of like being able to run a certain amount every day or something for climbing Rainier. Maybe, and it's also a two-day uh, tour, um, and certainly, Ben, for you, I know that you run marathons, so uh, it's not going to be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I've run one marathon. <laughs> Again, I follow you on Instagram. I really love seeing your posts uh, with you and your son working on the engineering projects. Is there anything you're working on right now? Actually, uh, this week we have a little bit of break because he spends time with uh, his mom in Florida. Uh, but uh, what we will be working on is uh, finishing our uh, little three-in-one CNC machine. Uh, that uh, uh, it's it's a it, it's a milling machine. It's a three D printer and laser engraver. And we're going to update it to have like turning module. So basically, we will be able to produce almost anything uh, by the end of the summer. Uh, and also, we got a pretty cool uh, enclosure that will allow to collect all the dust and also will not uh, need to put any eye protection to protect us from a laser. So it's, it, it, it's almost like a tiny factory in our garage and uh, i'm really excited that sounds awesome how how big is it uh dimensionally it's uh, i would say it's a uh, table top size it's probably it takes half table but uh um things that you can produce it's it's still it it's more like a hobby or simulation what you can produce when you grow up right on in, in the real factory so it's more like prototyping thing not not real manufacturing machine yeah sounds like i'm gonna have to get uh my social media game and actually have an account where i can check uh check this out sounds pretty cool i guess uh instagram is is a good way to stay in touch uh but i also see the downside uh of uh, being on social media so tony i don't know what's what's better <laughs> My philosophy on social media, without getting too in-depth, is just making the decisions yourself, being a conscious consumer. I think I see a lot of people, a lot of soldiers, you know, in particular, because that's, you know, the closest I get to, to, to younger people. But what are you consuming? What do you, are you making a conscious decision about what you're looking at and what you're seeing? So I imagine that you are knowing you the way that I do. I imagine you're, you're consciously making decisions on what you want to see and not want to see. But for me, I, I would use it for memes, obviously, right? You got to have memes uh, and then maybe some sports highlights. So speaking of sports, you're a big soccer fan or football, I should say, big football fan. Um, and Ben and I were talking about how little we know about the soccer world. And so for us Americans, you know, we're steeped in NFL, NBA, MLB, you know, soccer with MLS is so far down our list. How does it work in European football? Because I know there's like the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, like there's all these different leagues. Which one's the best? And how do, how do you decide who is the best? That's such a great question. Soccer uh, or football, the way we call it in Europe, is number one sport in the world. 
So it's it's probably not a big secret. And uh, in Europe, uh, it's it's also very popular. I would say on the on the level of the entire Europe, uh, Champions League is probably the most uh, important tournament between the clubs, right? So when top one, two clubs from each league uh, get together to uh, decide who's the strongest, right? So it's probably the, mo- the most interesting on the club level. And in terms of uh, leagues, it depends on actually on the taste. Uh, fans of more open uh, soccer, they like, uh, they like Premier League, right? Or English um, tournament. Uh, Spain and Italy, they're a little bit more... Um, sophisticated uh, soccer, I would say. Uh, So all of them have uh, uh, pros and cons, right? But uh, um, I I haven't been watching a lot, so I still default to uh, play instead of watching, but uh, playing instead of watching. But uh, Euro 2020, the tournament that happened this summer, was pretty amazing. And uh, a lot of uh, soccer fans agree that it was probably the best tournament in the in the history of um of era before we get into your defense of that statement so what's the difference between kind of the is it the euro cup this euro league versus the world cup because the world cup's more like the olympics right yeah that that, that's a good point so what i mentioned before champions league is between the clubs uh and uh here euro and world cup is between uh, the national teams oh okay um uh world cup is where um national teams from all over the planet uh get together and there are 32 teams as far as you remember on euro usually the number of teams is smaller and all of the teams they're limited to just the european continent um so both tournaments are great uh but probably euro is probably a little bit more competitive uh, in comparison to um world cup okay so why, why do you feel that this is the best tournament in history? Just like, uh, I think that they introduced the new rules when uh, it's also like in uh, NHL, uh, you can watch the uh, um, uh, replay of the um, like important moments so they can decide, okay, like goal or no goal or penalty kick. And uh, just like pure amount of, goals and um, uh, shutouts and like all of it is just like it's the uh, biggest in the history so there are some objective ways to say probably it was uh, the best one in the history (laughs) okay okay who who ended up winning it again wasn't it was it france and italy in the final uh it was uh italy italy won and they played uh uh with england uh, for England, it, it was the first uh, final in their history, and they played at home, and everyone was kind of ready to celebrate, uh, <laughs> but uh, Italy kind of didn't agree with that statement. <laughs> That's right. I remember the I remember hearing people giving England a hard time because it, it happened in July, right? And so people were joking about how England can't win in July on July fourth. Yeah, yeah. Good, perfect. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some school stuff. Uh, so Anton, you are the engagement rep for the student council. Is that correct? 
That is correct. Yes, it's the new role. Okay. What What's the responsibility of the engagement rep? It's more about uh, connecting people, uh, mostly through online, because, for example, Maya, uh, uh, she'll be responsible for events, uh, which means that m- when something is happening in person, uh, she'll be the main, sta- uh, main responsible uh, person for that, uh, while I, I guess I will be uh, driving online engagement between uh, the students uh, and in general will uh, will partner with uh, Maya to uh, hopefully um, you know keep the engagement level high because it's not the big secret that um, a hybrid program especially in the format that we had last year uh, there's always risk that people will disconnect and will not stay in touch. So we'll try to uh, come up with something uh, to keep us connected. Do you have any big ideas you want to spoil that for the upcoming year? Probably I would like to have um, something that uh, we, we, we will be able to recognize our culture heroes. Um, uh, and the reason why I wanted to uh, talk about loud because uh, I would like to commit to it by just announcing it uh, when um, uh, every quarter, every semester, uh, we would be able to pick uh, one superhero who represented certain values that uh, maybe we all can decide, right? Um, and uh, recognize the people who demonstrate those values in uh, in Slack, in uh, in our uh, chats uh, during the sessions. So I think it's a great way to um, uh, kind of recognize folks who demonstrate certain behaviors. That sounds like a great idea. I love it. What made you want to join the student council? Really, it's I didn't have uh, ambition to join uh, student council. I was nominated, uh, and uh, I would say the reason why I joined, and I just uh, wanted to serve uh, my cohort. Uh, somebody nominated me, and I want to do well uh, to um you know just uh serve other people and um do what i know what i can um to keep the engagement high and uh, when i got the call like saying hey uh you you were nominated do you want to join i actually said hey i'm like a lot of people including myself we uh, do try do our best to keep the engagement high anyway so do i need to be there uh, to do what i already do and so that was the biggest question, but um, I think that uh, still it probably makes sense to make it a little bit more official. So I'm there. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks for taking that on for the rest of us. We appreciate it. I know that uh, if anybody were ever to nominate me for anything, I'd probably still say no. So good on you. Next question where Ben and I are both curious about what made you decide that you wanted to get an MBA and what really pushed you over the edge to select this MBA program? Another great question. Actually, two questions, right? First question, why MBA? I'm actually not pursuing big career change or I'm not, I don't have an intention to change um, the industry I'm in. Uh, it's more like curiosity because um, I'm an engineer by trade, uh, mechanical engineer in uh, computer science. And I understand how physical world works, how computer works. I know exactly what's happening uh, with all of those electrons and et cetera, right? And when I watch news or when I try to do my daily work, I kind of uh, 
almost like I push the buttons, but I don't necessarily understand the deep background, what's what's actually happening there. And at some point, I, I just wanted to become more informed consumer of news or and more deeply involved in, you know, in business processes uh, in my company by just going uh, into MBA program and getting proper education in the space. And the second question, why um, University of Washington, I've been kind of doing customer training, now employee training in my company for a while. And I'm huge a fan of um, hybrid formats in general, because I think this is the future. And uh, I wanted to leave my own values, right? So I basically focused on just picking among hybrid programs. And I think UW is definitely the best. So no regrets so far. And I think that uh, many of us, or maybe all of us, uh, would agree that it's it's beyond um, any expectations, right? Definitely. I'm kind of. Uh, I'm not surprised. You 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 strike me as somebody that uh, enjoys learning. Um, I can't say that I enjoy learning. So, um, but it's awesome. Yeah, like you have an engineering background, and so I like. I'm not surprised that you you're here to just you know, learn more, which is, which is pretty cool. So thanks. And uh, I'm going to lean on you more in this second year, knowing that you're as smart as you are. So <laughs> maybe not smart, but certainly passionate. <laughs> like that's, like, that's half the game, being passionate and wanting to, to learn it. And then the ability is there too, I think. So Anton, how do you balance uh, the program and being a parent? That, that's a, Great question, and there is no easy answer to that uh, because it's it's in many respects sacrifice of uh, sleep time uh, and some other things that we could do. But I I I, I try to share some of the experiences. Uh, so, for example, we talk about some of the courses, we apply some of the things, we read uh, some simple leadership books together. Uh, like Jocko Willink, uh, famous author. He also wrote several books for kids. So we read them with uh, my son, George. Certainly I sleep much less than in the past, but I do try to commit to the schedule when there are certain period of, uh, periods of time when I'm available for my son uh, during the evening and also during the weekend. Uh, at the same time, He's well aware that there are certain period of, uh, periods of time when uh, I'm absolutely not available. Uh, like, for example, I don't know, a lot of folks probably do things in advance, but I'm the one who does a lot of the assignments on Sunday. Uh, so I usually block Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have kids so I don't have those types of responsibilities. So I'd like to try to get everything done in advance. It sounds like to me that George is going to be ridiculously smart already is so he's like already an engineer he's like earning his mba part-time so i think down the line if i'm in the workforce long enough i'm probably going to be working for george at some point kids uh, these days they have so many interesting uh, temptations and challenges that we haven't experienced in uh, haven't experienced in our lives so i don't know it's certainly it's going to be a very different world for them and new challenges. Uh, and uh, probably the most important thing we can teach our kids is uh, flexibility and interest 
towards uh, learning and changing. So that's probably the, the only skill that I'm trying to teach George. Well, it certainly seems like you're doing a great job teaching him just to enjoy learning. What do you think is the, the biggest difference between when you grew up and him growing up now? Well, the, the world, um, and I'm probably a little bit older than uh, average in our cohort, I'm 37, uh, which means that when I, uh, I was growing up, we certainly didn't have cell phones. We did have some computers, but probably their availability was dependent on um, how wealth uh, was uh, the family. And certainly my family was not uh, the wealthiest. So I got my first computer in uh, 1998, which means that I was 14 years old at that time. So it means that from zero to 14, uh, my, my youth was completely analog. And uh, our kids, they live in the digital world. So that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I always have this discussion with, I guess, um, anyone who wants to talk about the generational divides, like everybody loves talking about millennials versus Gen Z and stuff like that. And everybody finds it difficult to define it based on the birth year. It's always a range of birth years. But I think the more important part is the technology. I, I identify as a millennial, even though uh, I was born in 1994, 27. And I think the biggest divider between me and what I see as the next generation is that the next generation kind of grew up with social media when I did not grow up with social media. So if, if they're hooked on Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, um, they, it almost sounds, it almost feels like they sometimes speak a different language and I know that I'm, I'm still very young, but it makes me feel old. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's, that's an interesting point, right? Because uh, you're right. It's um, the information is much more readily available, right? Because uh, for us, it, it was still, you had to kind of dig a little bit into uh, books or even a computer to get some information. And now it's more like they get uh, AI, gives them all, all they need <laughs> and they live in their little bubble. Um, yeah, it's, 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 an, it's an interesting time. Yeah, I think just being a kid and having exposure to social media, which is such a powerful tool, and then just you know having it at your disposal at such a young age and not really understanding how to use it responsibly is it can be very scary. I think about like the professional athletes every year, like the kids that are making the transition from amateur to professional athlete, and they're about to get millions of dollars and get drafted by whatever team. And they're like, Oh, well, look, he did. He tweeted this like 14 years ago. It's like people dig it up and you know, the social media crowd is out to, to find you. So yeah, I do not envy kids being exposed to that yeah that you're making a great point that actually when we all were kids we had you know we could make mistakes more easily right because they were at least in my times they were mostly analog if you make a mistake you know maybe you know three people saw your mistake and that's it right and now everything is on the video and millions of people will be, you know, watching and laughing and discussing if something happened, right? And uh, it's a completely different level of stress for folks. I remember, uh, I think I was 
I was somewhere between age five and age 10. And I, it was Halloween and I had a costume with a mask that covered my face. And we're going trick or treating. And I was with my cousins and we're really excited to get to the next house. But I couldn't really see anything out of the mask because it was pretty dark. Um, and I, I was sprinting with my cousins and I ran headfirst into a wooden fence that I, I could not see. And I, it, I don't know how tall the wooden fence was, but I, I got kind of stuck on it. And my aunt and uncle had to pull me off the fence. Uh, and in my mind, this is hilarious. And sometimes I wish it were recorded, but it, I think at the time I probably, I'm glad it was not recorded. So <laughs> glad that I grew up that way and not, not in today's world. Yeah, Anton, I'm gonna steal one of Ben's go-to questions and ask you what you have been reading or watching and understanding that you, you have a, a, a young, young boy in the house. I imagine it is probably a children's movie maybe, but uh, what have you been watching and reading to keep yourself entertained this summer? Well, uh, certainly textbooks, um, but um, I read um, one of the management books in Russian language. It's been sitting on my table for quite a long time, and finally I got, I, I got to read it. I will not be able to, or it doesn't make sense to pronounce the name of the book because it, it was uh, written in Russian uh, originally. Um, and in terms of movies, I really liked uh, Parasites. It's uh, a Korean movie. I think it's pretty amazing. Was that the one that won Best Picture recently? Yeah, I think last year, right? Yeah, last year. I watched it too. It was good. Yeah, and from American movies, uh, Nomadland. Uh, I think it's it's also a very important movie. And um, yeah, we need to probably take a moment to watch it. <laughs> I'll add that to my list. That was a good one. Nomadland was a really good one. Yeah. I won't add the uh, the Russian textbook on management to my list because it'd be a waste of my time. But there are some, there's some uh, two boys down the street, their family's from Russia and they've been teaching me some Russian. They're like uh, eight and six and they speak Russian to each other and then they speak perfect English too. So I'm like, hey, how do I say this? And they've been teaching me. So <laughs> Okay, so I hope that uh, they did teach you something good. Yeah, no, they don't teach me bad things. They're good kids, so thank goodness. They're not teaching my first words. <laughs> I'm going to go use them unknowingly. That you know of though, right? I guess, I guess so. Yeah, maybe they are. I don't know. But. If people in the cohort want to talk to you about anything, what would you want to talk about? Interesting question. I would talk about what they like to do uh, when they retire. I think this is a really interesting question to discuss now because it, it's also an opportunity to catch up in, in let's say, in 30 years from now and uh, recall what we discussed uh, back then, right? And what actually happened, uh, the plan versus the reality. <laughs> Tony, what do you hope to do when you retire? Well, you know, I'm a Disney nerd. So my dream job at some point is to be an old guy that just like walks around Disneyland and sweeps up garbage and says hi to kids, you know, gives them pin trades pins and whatnot. Like that's my end game. What about you guys? I think I want to retire and start a podcast. <laughs> you have just done it. So check Mark or one more. <laughs> 
Well, I enjoy this a lot and I, I think it'd be fun to do a podcast. I don't know. It, it'd have to be, I think I'd want to make it travel related. Um, something like This American Life, but more international maybe. Yeah, that, that's a great plan. Um, and uh, I would say I have plan A and plan B. Plan A, if I earn enough to retire well, I will, uh, I will try to travel the world and probably spend most of my time traveling somewhere in wild places, not like uh, luxury resorts. Uh, we'll go to actually in wild uh, places if they will still be around. Uh, and plan B is uh, is actually gardening. So I just I might just buy a farm and grow some potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're moving to Idaho. Be a potato farmer. That's awesome. Good for you. Why not? The world needs farmers. That's important. Have you watched the show Clarkson's Farm? Have either of you watched it? No. So I don't know if either of you are Top Gear slash the Grand Tour fans. Um, and one of the hosts from those shows, Jeremy Clarkson, he, he made an Amazon show where he just bought a farm. He bought farmland and just got into like starting his own farm. It fantastic show. Really funny. Uh, I highly recommend it, even if you know nothing about him and you know nothing about farming. It, it was a blast to watch. So that's that's what that reminded me of. And uh, Jeremy Clarkson. So does it mean the the show is happening in the UK or I, th I thought it's yeah okay, okay. yeah they show it happening in the UK. He I, I guess at the end of Top Gear or at the beginning of the Grand Tour, he bought a bunch of farmland, like a, a lot of farmland. And he he always refers to himself as someone who does not get along with manual labor. So it's it's even more funny because he's he's doing all this farm work by himself or himself rather. So highly recommend it. Anton, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed our talk tonight. I'm really glad you were able to get on. Yes, thanks, Anton. Thank you so much for inviting. We'll plug this right now. The 25th 5 to 8 at uh seattle at jo jolie is that how we say it the gin bar is what it sounds like so are we gonna are we gonna see you there if we show up i will be actually driving through seattle i don't know if i will have enough time i will be in san juan islands okay. uh, and i will be driving through seattle on that same date so i may stop by well, cool. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Glad to see that email also kind of emphasize that we're going to have immersion in person. So really looking forward to meeting you, Anton. You too, man. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll certainly see each other in, in the end of, of September. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Anton. Special thanks to Anton for being on the show this week and to you for listening to our show, Prosper the Connection. If you want to be on the show, DM me or Tony Segura.